Welcome to Fresno's Best Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Maddox. Today we have on the show Mikey C. from all the famous Fresno media outlets, including the blog The Fresnan and the podcasts The Perfect Poor and Flowing with Famous. He's the Fresno guy. We obviously have a lot to talk about, and we actually spend a lot of time talking about food, as you can imagine, content that I know you all love listening to. Let's go meet Mikey, and Baker will take us there. Politics, religion, culture, art, music, show some respect to the best little city left in the U.S. Fresno's best. Fresno's best. All right. uh, So, Mikey, where do you like to eat in Fresno? (laughs) I like every, you know, I don't have a specific uh, genre, but I kind of like everything. Um. Uh, over the years, like I, I know I got it. I mean, got, I don't have to, but uh, you know, you always like to be local first. And I think traditionally, Ed Oya, uh, they're on Sean and West uh, or Marks. That it's sort of been all through the years. I think Ed Oya is never is never waned for us. It's just it's been the most consistent place that really hasn't even changed in my life to, or at least that I can recall. And it's, I think it's the best teppanyaki and it's maybe the best sushi. And, uh, it's just, oh, we, that's one of the ones we've kind of missed during this whole pandemic is because even though I've gotten take, we've gotten take out take out, sushi it's just not nearly the same so take out sushi just doesn't work that well no and, it doesn't travel t- you know, obviously you can't do teppanyaki either so it's like that I, I now that i'm just talking about it, i'm like uh you're bringing up bad <laughs> things that i'm now like damn it i miss teppanyaki well that's good <laughs> I mean, because the bad is is showing that you know we're we're in the shit can right now and we need to yep. you know we need to support these places that you know, can't travel well, um, but we want when we return, ultimately. Right. right? Yeah. Now I'm like, I, I haven't even been thinking, I'm surprised I've not been thinking about that, but like, I think teppanyaki might be the first thing we do when we go back to normalcy. Yeah. What uh, What have you found uh, has translated well to take out in Fresno food-wise? Um, I think... Uh, uh, Mexican food still solid, still works. Um, burgers still work. Uh, I like steak, so but I haven't done very much takeout steak because that's another thing similar to sushi for me is like it doesn't work as well out of a styrofoam. Uh, you know, I'm paying sixteen dollars for a steak out of a styrofoam box doesn't. Uh, work as well for me it's like if i'm paying that much i want to be in the restaurant and that's not something we've done for coming up a year now yeah and uh so i still you know big expensive meals don't work as well it's just it's more of a it's the stuff uh, that's already takeout right right and that's right that's the thing is like it's the tried and true stuff that they've been doing you know pizza or whatever that's been takeout for a long time and so they've mastered because there's nothing worse than and i and i you know we'll talk about annex kitchen in a while but there's you know i 
I love that place. But when I first got takeout from them and I got home to my like cold pasta, like, <laughs> I was pretty, I was pretty bitter and I, yeah. it's not their fault. You know, they're doing the best they can, but like, I, I, I just think certain foods, right. Are better transportable foods, um, which maybe should cause us to question how much of them we should eat if they transport the best. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's you true. know, it's, uh, I, I've tried to, I've tried to, eat as many different places, but to be honest, I haven't been the best. And I, you know, I, I know that those, uh, those, uh, small business loans are coming back. And, um, and I, I hope yeah. that a lot of the places that we care about will stick around. Yeah. I, I, that's the thing is I had, I would say I hadn't started seeing too many closers, but, uh, one of our favorite places, Maru, uh, are on board and, uh, West they're done. They're like closed, closed. Because somebody, had, had, I think somebody had said like, "Oh, they're closed." I'm like, "Oh, well, they're closed for a pandemic." It was like, "No, they're." I went by there; it's gone. I'm just like, "No!" And uh, somebody told me old spaghetti factories like closed, closed too. I hadn't seen that, but. Well, I mean, it's just with food, the margins are so slim, you know, and yeah. it's just, and then you have to pay, you know, you have to pay rent. You know, these land, yeah. landlords are still asking for their rent checks, and so it's. I don't know. I mean, I'm surprised as mi- there are still as many sticking around too. It, it's true. And I, I wonder how they're doing that exactly. I mean, I, I imagine they're going into debt. I imagine they're bleeding their savings. Yeah. Right. Uh, they're just burning just through like just blimp up and just eat out all the time once things come back. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's something we've been trying to uh, support as much as possible without actually going to places and, um, I probably have not spent, never spent so much money on restaurant food as we have during this pandemic. So, yeah. And it's, um, it's, it's kind of a hard duality because now that you're home so much and my uh, partner and I are both working from home, like you, you, you want to kind of cook more because you have the time to do it. Yeah. You, know, you can start something like in the slow cooker and just be around for it. You know, you can do these different things. I'm not making sourdough bread. I'm not that crazy, but you know, there's things we can do but at the same time. Like that's the last thing you should be doing. You know, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard thing. And I want to talk about um, a type of food that I, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's a complicated conversation. So I want to talk about breakfast burritos. Um, oh boy. So I, I relocated <laughs> here from Southern California and All right. um Southern California, specifically the LA area where I was, does breakfast burritos really well. It's something they lean into. Um, mm-hmm. And there was a particular spot uh, near where I lived in Pasadena for a few years that had this breakfast burrito that was just, it was hangover magic. It was an elixir for your day. It was also a nap inducer. They put a whole avocado in it. It was the size of your forearm if you have small forearms. Um, it was everything <laughs> you wanted it to be. And I, so me, for me, breakfast burritos were probably two times a week I would, I would uh, indulge. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I just haven't found my breakfast burrito spot here. Is yeah. Fresno missing good breakfast burritos? Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they are, except for, I don't think there's a definitive place. Like everyone's like, everyone in town, I think you're going to get a different answer from everyone if you ask them. 
I would say Pico de Gallo and Bullard and Palm has the best ones I've had in town. Um, See, I haven't been I, there. What what is yeah. it, what is their burrito? What do their burritos look like? It's like you know, it's pretty egg heavy, scrambled egg heavy, potatoes, uh, you know, whatever meat you've you've requested in there. It's pretty simple, and I like simple. I don't like a whole lot going on. I don't like, uh, like for instance, in tacos, I don't like cabbage. I don't like uh, onions. I just like the meat. I like the sauce. I like the tortilla. Those are, I, and that one sort of has a. It's a. I don't have to tell them like don't put onions or don't put this in it. They just they already yeah, that, have that it. stuff. Should not right. be in a breakfast burrito. That's yeah. That's right. Like I feel like that will start my day incorrectly. I mean, I you, you just <laughs> yeah. you don't need you don't need frill at breakfast. You need right. like solid, solid, solid soaking up whatever I did last exactly. night. <laughs> And you know, the other thing that I think someone needs to hop on this train, and I discovered a few years ago when I visited Austin, Texas, uh, is the breakfast taco. Uh, that The breakfast oh. taco is big there, uh, huh. more bigger than the breakfast burrito. And they do all sorts of things with the tacos. And it's it's it was a cool thing because, you know, typically when you're in California, order a breakfast burrito, like that's your one thing, that's your, you have one flavor all the way through and that's what you get. But with right. breakfast tacos, you, you order three of them and you get three, you know, you get a chorizo egg, you get a, a papa's, you know, you get whatever, and you can have these different flavors in the, in the morning. And I think some, someone in Fresno is, you know, is going to, is going to hit that nail and yeah. it's going to be game over because breakfast it's tacos. Gonna be, it's going to start with a truck and then balloon from there. It always starts with a truck nowadays, like some food truck is doing one thing and then everyone jumps onto that exactly so let's let's talk about uh, tacos for a minute um i i knew when i moved here that fresno was a taco place um and i i think you you've made some lists in the past on your blog in different places uh of, yeah of good tacos so what are what are some what are some taco highlights from around town that you'd recommend i don't you know it's funny is like i don't I don't have a definitive place for tacos either, other than like, I feel like everybody does a good taco. Like a lot of people talk about El Primo Mayor that on uh, Shields and Maroa there. And, and it's good, it's good taco, but also I've had that same taco like everywhere. Like I, I sort of, maybe I don't get the right thing there, but I'm just like, yeah, this is what I expect my tacos to be like. And I I get those same tacos in Madeira. I get them kind of wherever I go. That's the taco that's around. Like it's almost like if you're making a bad one, then you're it, uh, then that draws my attention. Than if you're making a good one, because it's just like this is what I expect. And, you know, yeah, it's in not Fres If I'm going to go it? somewhere in Fresno or the Valley, it better at least be this. There's a so there's a very clear baseline. Uh, I, I found that to be true too. I, for, I lived in Stockton, uh, for one year, that was a year. And, uh, <laughs> I, um, my partner and I, we lived kind of on the edge of a town that was maybe a little suspect, uh, but we liked it. And it, uh, there was like a liquor store on the corner, uh, that, mm -hmm. sold, most, that sold mostly forties and gum. But on Fridays, they would have this dude that would come out in the front with one of those flat tops and would make tacos. 
and the tacos were so good. Oh, and, those and, are usually the best. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, yeah, it, it feels a little bit like you don't, you don't really need a lot to do it well. Just, you know, some, some, some pig fat, yeah. some, some good uh, uh, chorizo or asada or whatever. And then just make sure you cook those uh, tortillas, you know? Yeah. The, uh, my favorite place in Madeira, I work in Madeira, so I know Madeira as well as I know Fresno. And there's just, uh, there's a gas station, an old 76 gas station on Gateway as you come into town and it has a little taqueria inside this, this janky gas station. And it's the, my favorite place to get uh, food in town. So it's, it's sort of, it's almost like Mexican food needs to be in a real place for, you know, like when it, when it steps up to like the standard sort of chainy kind of style, then you're like, Oh, this is, this is boring. This is not good. Yeah. And you feel that when you travel outside of California too, like you go to a Mexican food place right. and you kind of have an expectation and then you walk in and you're like, Oh gosh, they, they don't know what a taco is in Wisconsin. <laughs> Who would have thought? And right. I, you know, I, so it's, I think maybe we are not as grateful for the baseline of good Mexican food in California that we have. We're just so adjusted to it that it's just like, you can exactly. go to those places and get a good taco. So um, I want to talk about uh, one of my favorite topics to talk about, uh, Clovis and Fresno's relationship. I know that you've uh, thought a lot about this and written a lot about this and complained a lot about this. So, you know, I think we'll have lots of fun stuff to talk about. But I want to, I want to pitch an alternative proposal because I've read some things you've written about, you know, uh, North, North Fresno kind of being something different from uh, the rest of Fresno, maybe mm -hmm. a little bit closer to what we see as Clovis. And, you know, for me, I think <laughs> it's tempting to call North Fresno Clovis, but I, I have an alternate proposal, which is to refer to no longer refer to Clovis as Clovis, but refer to it as East Fresno, because I think one of the things that they take pride in is, is this, is this different name that they can use, but they're so integrally dependent upon the economy of Fresno that to call themselves a different name seems ungrateful for what Fresno yeah. has given. And so uh, I, I, I no longer refer to Clovis as Clovis. I call it East Fresno. What uh, do you think I'm, of my, I'm, my pitch? I'm in and I'm totally in on this. I'm, I, I will call them East Fresno from here on out. I'll say, Oh, you mean East Fresno? I'm like, oh, I live in Clovis. Where, where is that? Uh, what, what do you mean? Where is Clovis? I said, oh, you mean East Fresno? Oh, okay. I that, am so that glad just, that you that are on this off. trade. Yes. Oh, I'm in. That would piss them off. And I, I, I will gleefully use East Fresno because yeah, you're right. The only thing, the only thing Clovis has to me is, is the little stretch of downtown that has some antique shops and it's got a little theme going. I like, so I, I like Pulaski and the Clovis Avenue there a little bit for that, but the complete rest of Clovis is completely worthless to me, except for some friends that I have that live there. Like one of my best friends lives in North Clovis and I hate that he lives out there. I, I wish he was lived by me, but, and, but, uh, I just like, I, I just, you, I just begin to loathe Clovis more and, and more and, and would be completely fine if it was just went somewhere else. <laughs> if you could move Clovis somewhere else, then uh, I would be happy. And yeah, if they I mean, want to 
And I'll just call him Ease Frezzo from here on now, just just to annoy him. Yeah, I mean, it's such a hard thing because it's, you know, it's like a, it's like a sibling that um, doesn't want to be part of the family anymore. Maybe they've gone to like, you know, they moved to Newport and they're like, I'm, I'm no longer part of the family, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's, and it, it, but it's just like, for me as a newcomer to this area, I don't, I know the, the little signs turn brown, but I don't <laughs> see any difference. I mean, it, yeah. it, it just feels like an extension of the suburbs. Yeah, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just more Fresno. And with the exception of downtown Clovis and uh, there isn't the, the uniqueness is there's just more, <laughs> more white conservative white people than in other areas of Fresno. So it's like, I, I uh, it's almost like that. That's fine that they're out there and like they have their space, I guess, <laughs> or something. And, and I personally know I don't want to go over there and mess around in that space. So it's like, I don't know what's better having their own space or, or, or just met or going there and messing up their space. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I mean, everything about it, Clovis unified, all of it, it just, it, it just feels, it feels gratuitous too. Like, you know, that you have to express your superiority over, you know, all of these people that live here. I just, I don't understand it. So I, maybe, maybe, if you could give us a little bit of a background on the history of the relationship of Fresno and Clovis, I just don't understand where this comes from. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's I think, yeah, okay. for me, it's Mark more of, it's more Northeast Fresno and, and a little bit of Clovis combined. Cause it feels like so many people were from Fresno and then they just moved out there to, for whatever reason they moved out there. And so I always feels like a sellout to me like everybody's sort of sell instead of instead of staying where they're from they just move further out and instead of staying where they're from and trying to make that wherever that space is better or um they just move away from it and it's so it's it's more of the 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 sellouts to me that sort of annoy me than it is just somebody that's always lived in clovis all their lives you know yeah, I, I I am saying this tongue in cheek, but partly because I want I I think it would be hilarious. But I I wish there was a way to check uh, people where people live when they come in the door at Tioga or or Zach's or anywhere <laughs> downtown and see yeah. if they're if they're coming from Clovis and then just tell them to go back to whatever yeah. military themed brewery is out there yeah. that they can enjoy. Tack ops, yeah. You know, because. Cause it feels like downtown has this momentum and it feels like people on the outer parts are like, Oh, this is cool. I want to, I mean, obviously we can talk about barrel house coming to river river park and what that means. But um, yeah, I feel like there's this momentum downtown, but then there's also like people like, Oh yeah, well, I, you know, I, I love going downtown to get drunk and then leaving. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that's what that's always great. like uh, when say, say like when there's the Fres yes festival or something, when all of a sudden there's just these thousands of people and then you're, there you know i've been going there and you know the people in the uh, downtown scene and the beer scene have been you know going to these places forever and then all of a sudden these people come from wherever they're coming from and you're just like what the hell who, who are these people and where did they come from and why like why are you here now like and that's another thing that always like will uh, irk my ire a little bit and and i i don't know i'm just like 
I, you know, you want everyone to come, especially downtown, but it's also like, hey, like, what, we, what are you doing here? This is our space. Like, I know. <laughs> well, it, it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost like we're, there's a level of resentment that, you know, that, that is maybe unfair because you, yeah. you're, you're right. You want them to, you want everyone to come downtown. Um, mm-hmm. You just want them to come downtown and get lunch. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, or or, or on a Saturday. Around. Like, I feel like everybody that works downtown, not everybody, but a lot of, especially the everyone that's related to the government just leaves immediately. I don't think there's very, it doesn't seem like there's very much, there, I don't see many lawyers like after, after court on the Friday, like, oh, let's go to over here to, to Tioga or let's go over here to, uh, uh, to cockies or whatever. Like, I feel like everyone just sort of leaves and that's still, even though downtown's gotten better, it's still uh, a significant problem. Cause I have friends that work in the government uh, downtown and they don't, and they just go home. I'm just like, you could go here. You could go there. And like, Oh no, I'm just going home. So I, I still think there's some, some strides to be made. Is, is, that a, for, is that a transit for, issue? Do you think if there was like, because, you know, if you go down, you go to town, you have a couple drinks, you know, you don't necessarily want to get on the 41 and drive back. Do you think it's, mm-hmm. do you think yeah. it's like, we just need a, a drunk That's rail true. or something? Yeah. Oh, that would be, that would be great to have that. I mean, it, it it's just like a typical Fresno, I guess. I guess I don't like, like, I'm just like, oh, it'll never happen. Nobody's ever going to be able to figure that out. So why even bother thinking about it? Even though it would be awesome for us to have like a nice little light rail system like Portland does or something. Absolutely. Let's talk about a, another thing that I like to gripe about about Fresno. And I saw that you griped about it recently too. Um, so my question is, um, why is Save Mart so bad? <laughs> but why is it also so necessary? <laughs> yeah. I, Save Mart, it's just like, it's just so... It's just the simplest grocery store you could come up with. And there's nothing that they're not trying very hard. They're like, all right, here's a grocery store. This is a grocery store. These are the things that you need. Uh, See you later. And that's sort of like the Save Mart. It's just like, it's a grinder grocery store chain. It's just like an everyday, like, you know, middle, lower middle class, like we're, I guess it's maybe it's a little bit endearing is like, like Save Mart's like me. It just shows up and does its thing and then goes home. And so it's just like, it's not great, but also I'm thankful that it's there because mm-hmm. nobody else is doing it. And Vons, I, you know, I used to work for Vons. I love Vons, but they completely abandoned this side of town. Now they're everything Vons related is, is, over on Colvis or, or Northeast Fresno. So it's like Save Mart's the only one out here grinding it out. So I'm like, I wish you were better, Save Mart, but thank you for being here and doing what you're doing. Yeah, it feels, it feels like Save Mart is kind of like the dad in a sweatshirt on the way home from a soccer game <laughs> store. And it's just, and I, I find myself going there too. And I, you know, I would love to not go there 
because every time I go there, I feel like I have to hold my breath. Um, <laughs> but you're right. Vons, Vons, I don't know if it's aesthetics or what it is, but when I feel in Vons, I'm just like, ah, oh, I'm being treated with respect. And then <laughs> when I'm in Save Mart, I'm like, oh, I'm being ignored. And I, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't, it's probably an economics thing. It's probably a lot of different things, but Save Mart does have everything you need. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's just like, I, I can't go to Whole Foods and do my weekly shopping. It just doesn't, it doesn't add up. I can't go to uh, the market and do all my shopping. It doesn't complete everything, but I can go to Save Mart and get everything I need and I don't need to go to any other stores. So what well, you, you brought up Whole Foods cause I, you know, it's my wife and I are kind of always back and forth. She's a, she's a devoted sprouts person and I prefer mm -hmm. Whole Foods. And I just, I, when I'm in sprouts, I just, I feel angry and I don't know why I feel angry. <laughs> um, but it's, it's like seeing all the nuts and then like someone will, <laughs> they're someone very will, nut heavy. They're Love super the nuts nut heavy. There. Super not heavy. And then someone approaches you from the vitamin section and and wants to hawk some $30 woo-woo stuff at me yeah. to cure my chakras. And I, you know, I just, it makes me angry. And so, and I don't even know if it's more expensive than Whole Foods, but yeah. And he always is like, can you go over and get this one thing from Sprouts? I'm like, I'd rather drive to Shaw and go to Whole Foods than, you know, because yeah. I, live, I live closer to Sprouts. I'd rather okay. drive to Shaw and go to Whole Foods than do this. But yeah, I like Sprouts enough too. But also, it, oh, it's yeah, I I would rather be in Whole Foods and Sprouts. I don't know. And I and I used to go to Trader Joe's when it was here on a bar. I don't know how long you've been living here, but um, uh, Barstow and Blackstone. But since it moved over on the other side of Forty One, I have yet to be in that store. And yeah. um, it's it, Whole Foods or um, Trader Joe's. Is, I like Trader Joe's, but it's another one of those like Whole Foods. Is like you can't do all your shopping there. You have to go to another store as I well. Know. For me, anyways, at I least know. to complete your shopping. So, well, if you're gonna cook your own stuff versus cooking, you know, the things that they want you to cook, you have to go to actual grocery stores. Trader Joe's right. is kind of like um, a really fun cross between a convenience store and a grocery store where I'm, you know, it's like there's little fun treats that I can get, but I know, I just know I'm not like if I'm going to yeah. make some dish from scratch and I need this X spice or this mm -hmm. X vegetable, like I just, I just can't trust that they'll have it. And to be honest, since this move over there, cause I was here when it was originally in the other place. Um, mm -hmm. It's just, you have to, I mean, obviously because of the pandemic, you have to wait in this line and it's just mm -hmm. always so crowded over there and the parking lot's insane. But I, yeah, I mean, the grocery thing, maybe, I, I, I do think it's eventually going to the Instacart world of they're just going to bring you everything. Yeah. Um, and then once that becomes economically viable, then maybe we'll never have to set foot in Save Mart ever again, <laughs> hopefully. But we'll I, see. I just want Save Mart to just... Uh... I don't know, be a little bit fancier, I guess. I don't know what, what that would even mean, but um, maybe it's you know what you know what it is, I think, partly. I think it's I think like Vons has this darker color kind of vibe mm -hmm. in, in inside. And so it's yeah. a little moodier. Whereas Save Mart, you're like, I could be in a surgery theater or I could <laughs> be in Walmart and I don't know yeah. the difference. And right. it just it just feels anemic. It feels is that the right word? It feels yeah. just like bland 
white. Mm-hmm. It's milk toast or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, totally. So I want to do a section that I like to do um, called overrated versus underrated. Um, and I'm going to throw out some uh, Fresno staples. And then All right. you've got three options, uh, overrated, uh, underrated, or pass. Because some of these things are, you know, like scripture uh, to Fresno. <laughs> so I don't, you know, I don't want you necessarily. I don't want to blaspheme. I don't want to piss off any any uh, people. Okay, necessarily. We'll, <laughs> we'll start with a softball. Right. Heads. Uh, ooh. Ah, Jesus, that is right on the. It, it's right in the middle. It's right um, on the edge, but I want you to yeah, take it to the Yeah, I'm going to say underrated because I am a fan of me and Ed's. And I know, especially anybody that didn't grow up here, I don't know that I've found somebody yet that hasn't grown up in Fresno or the Valley and is like, oh, I love me and Ed's. Like, I, pretty much everyone that, from out of the area is just like, that's not pizza. I'm like, yeah, it is pizza. It's totally pizza. It's really good pizza. And so I, I love meatheads and I don't get to have it as much because uh, my wife doesn't, she, she spent time here growing up, but her formative years were not in Fresno. So she is completely like, she gets the meatheads thing, but also doesn't like it at all. So I'm just like, whenever I get a chance to have meatheads, I'm just, I jump all over it because I don't have it enough. It doesn't, I don't get satisfied enough from from my me and Ed's, but I understand it's not the best pizza for, when you compare it to everyone else's. But for me, um, it's my favorite. You know, it's it's when things become their own category, right? And I mm-hmm. I was also skeptical of it when I moved here uh, because my wife is from here, and I was like this because you know we were living in a part of LA where there was good like New York style pizza. And so when she handed me this stuff, I was like, what is this shit? Like, (laughs) like the crust is weird. You know, it's, it's overloaded with toppings on some of these things. I just don't understand what's going on. And she likes hers. She likes her me and Ed's with extra sauce. So it's basically like tomato soup with some cheese on top. And so I was just not, I was not about it. Um, But I've, I've actually become a believer uh, in me and Ed's over the last few years. And Nice. Now when, on Friday nights when she's like, I'm craving some meatheads, I'm just like, I've already like pre-dialed it, you know, like I'm, I'm ready with like the green button to, to hit yep. send. So I, I, I get it, but it is, it is interesting. What do you think makes it different than other kinds of pizza? Um, I think one is, what is the, the crust is like bubbles weird. You'll, uh, you'll never see a, a, the crust bubble like a meatheads does. I, I, I get, and then it's the cornmeal, I guess they, they sprinkle in there mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I, I don't know what else is different other than just that crust, but uh, I, and I like canned mushrooms. I know people freak out on canned mushrooms and they're just like, why do you get canned mushrooms? I'm like, oh God, I love the canned mushrooms. <laughs> okay. Uh, here's the next one. Um, Fresno bagel, overrated or underrated? <laughs> Um, overrated. Overrated. I, I, yeah, I guess I would say pass on that. I, I couldn't edu- take an educated guess on that because I haven't had it very much. Okay. I'm not uh, a bagel fan. 
Yeah, and I actually uh, had our one of our local rabbis on the podcast a while ago, and he 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 was uh, thoroughly convinced that there's not even a real bagel that exists in Fresno. So, you know, maybe it's just <laughs> that may be possible. Place. Yeah, <laughs> I just uh, the the denseness of a bagel just I I can't get past it. So yeah, um, all right, I'll, I'll eat them when they're there, but I just prefer not to have them at all. Okay, here's another one, um, and this one is very you know on trend right now in Fresno. Uh, five five nine tacos. You know what? I have to admit, I have never eaten them because I know it's like the most popular Instagram taco and. In, Fresno and it looks amazing but whenever I have an opportunity the line so long I'm I'm such a uh, old crotchety guy when I see a line I'm just like oh no never mind I don't need the line <laughs> so I, I just I've passed every time because every time I see uh I know do they have a brick and mortar place now yeah, they they do, and I think it's in Clovis now. Yeah, see, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> see, I may never have five hours night taco because <laughs> when I see when I see the taco truck, it's the line's too long, and then their brick and mortar place is in Clovis, so yeah. it, it may never happen for me. Well, may, I mean, hopefully, I'll go, I'll catch them at Tioga or Zach's someday when the line's low or something. I mean, based on what you said before about most tacos being pretty good at the baseline, it would seem right. like they would be overrated just because people are treating it like it's, you know, Oh it's yeah. Magic, magic it is, tacos. It's, it's like the golden, golden uh, Instagram taco in town. For, like I, every time I open up my Instagram feed at my Fresno Instagram feed, there that, that tacos there at some point. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, next one, uh, Fulton street overrated versus underrated. Fulton Street. Um, uh, since, okay, they, the, since they reopened it as a street. Yes. Um, underrated. I, oh, gosh. It, it's just so weird because of the pandemic, but like there hasn't been anything happening on there since Zach's opened up and uh, the bar across the street from it. There's, I, from my, there really has been so little happening on there. I mean, I guess it's sort of overrated, I guess, right now, technically, because it just kind of, there's been so little action there. I mean, it's potentially going to keep getting better and and all that. But right now, it's just, it's like Tioga and Zach's are just sort of keeping it alive right now until, you know, that, at least that section of it anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's at the moment overrated, but I know that the they're renovating those spots across the Tioga on Fulton street. That sounds like it's going to be really cool once it gets done. And, and uh, I think uh, that area will be once, once everything's sort of back up and running, it's going to be one of my, uh, the best areas to hang out and have some beers in at least anyway. Okay. Uh, next one. And this one's, I've got a few more uh, professional soccer in Fresno overrated versus underrated. Professional stalker? Mm-hmm. Fuego. Oh, soccer. <laughs> My head was hearing stalker. I'm like, are there professional stalkers out there? Um, <laughs> um, uh, it's underrated. Even though I'm like, I like soccer and I like watching my daughter play soccer, but I'm not a huge soccer fan, but uh, I appreciate uh, soccer in Fresno and it's a huge 
it's a huge market for for soccer and if if they're able to make that stadium proposal that they're talking about uh, basically in the the parking lot of the convention center uh that would be amazing i think i think we have a lot of potential like port portland's uh soccer team is it's huge to them and i think we can reach similar levels of soccer fandom in fresno with, with if, if it's done right in a this new team that's starting up uh, looks like they are. Well, and I, I think for me, the, the hardest part with, you know, cause I, in my normal life, I don't watch a lot of professional soccer. And so that's not really something that's like a staple for me, but the biggest deterrent for me going is the games are mostly in the summertime and I don't want to go outside. I don't want to go sit there <laughs> and watch soccer in a baseball diamond, you know, yeah outdoors when it's 102 and right. so i don't know are they are they proposing like a covered top or are they is it gonna um, be i don't know about the if it's going to be covered i haven't seen that but it, they would just be built in that parking lot right next to the central arena alongside of it uh, essentially and yeah i don't know i can handle the the heat doesn't bother me i like the heat for the most part so i could handle that but i could see that they would need to have coverings over the stands at least like yes. maybe like an oh because you just it's just too difficult to eat i mean a lot of games are at night i guess but all uh, right i've got three but, more yeah. for you um uh christmas tree lane oh crap uh i think it's I, overrated i oof, damn it I I like it though. I don't want to say that I don't like it, and I love Christmas Tree Lane, but uh, you know because we didn't have the walk nights this year, it made things really insane. And uh, my my daughter was just like just jonesing for the see Christmas Tree Lane this year, and I was trying and <laughs> trying to get out of it as I was hoping she'd forget and just be like, I just kept putting it off and putting it off, and finally one night I'm just like, okay. We'll go, we'll go. And the line was all, all the way out to Shaw. Like from Shaw, oh. it started at Shaw. And you basically got in line at Shaw and it went all the way up to Shields, all the way around. And I'm just like, oh my God, I cannot do this right now. Like, it's like a three-hour thing. So, so we did the little sneaky thing and... uh as a Fig Garden area resident, I felt like I was okay. This is what I told myself in my head. Because I hate people that cut in line. I don't. I cannot stand it. I'm like, no, no, no. We do not cut in line. We're going to get in line in, like everyone else. But in this, uh, we got in like in one of the side streets and just sort of joined in like we were residents and uh, and did it that way. And it was much faster and much better. And my daughter was happy. So... But uh, I'm just going to say overrated just because it's too busy, not because it's not cool. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I've been to other Christmas tree lanes in different cities, and Fresno definitely has, has, a, has one of the best that I've seen. Um, but, the, but the just 
sheer intensity of people to 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 be there is just right i mean it's, it's, it's too many that. people for it but it's got this unique character especially with the trees and the houses these old houses it's it's got this uh, and some of the some of the displays that have been up since i was a kid and uh, there's nothing bad i i see people talk about candy cane lane and and clovis and i'm just like nah, no thanks sure. i don't yeah, it's just a bunch of lights, so it's just like there's no character to it. I need a little bit of a soul to it. And yeah. I think Christmas Tree Lane has a soul for sure. Okay, that's the that's the tagline of this podcast. Clovis's <laughs> Christmas Tree Lane has no soul. Um, <laughs> Clovis <let's>, uh, is soulless. <laughs> two, East two, Fresno is soulless. Yes, that's right. We don't say anymore. East Fresno. Uh, <laughs> all right, two more, um, and this one's dangerous. So I'll just I'll, I'll tread I'll tread softly because I do. Oh like boy. That. Uh, Annex Kitchen. Okay, well, here's another confession I have to make. I have still haven't gone to Annex Kitchen. What? How? Yeah, I know it's in my neighborhood. Uh, it's you know one of the highest rated restaurants in town. I love going to restaurants, and is just one of those things I haven't gotten around to doing. All right. Well, that's uh, next well I'm going to say underrated, even though I haven't been there. I'm still going to say underrated because not enough people probably go there. It's as all the feedback I get from it still feels like not enough people go there. Yeah, it's 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 so good. I mean, and you know, if you're going to a typical uh, steak restaurant or Italian restaurant, you might spend like ten or fifteen more dollars, or maybe twenty mm -hmm. more dollars at the most to eat there. But like, oh, that that twenty dollars gets you it. so much further. It really does. And do for they me, have gnocchi I, there? I, I, I think they do. I haven't had that. I mean, I typically, mm. I mean, it's either pasta or, or some kind of red meat. My favorite thing that I've had there recently was um, I had, and this was kind of in that in-between when things started to slightly open up. So we went and ate mm -hmm. inside there. And I had some short ribs uh, that were braised over some, uh, what's that stuff with corn? What's it called? um polenta oh yeah it was so good it was so good and it was you know I, it's I, funny how like the chico's is in the same shopping center as yeah. there <laughs> i'm sure they were upset about that um yeah. all right last one on overrated versus underrated is um and this is kind of general because i wanted you just to talk about it a little bit uh uh the fresno music scene underrated yeah that's e that's an easy one Okay. You know, it's it's just tough because not everybody's into local music is gonna sort of seek out local music, so they just don't hear it. You're not gonna hear it unless you're seeking it out. And uh, I think there's so many, so much music that you know bands I don't even know the names to are just like I hear so many songs that could be on the radio or just or better than what's on the radio, and it's just from a fre random Fresno band that's uh, you know been around. So. I think it's just we haven't had somebody truly make it. I, I mean, we've had things here and there, but uh, I mean, we've had I, we've had hip hop artists, so we've had like Fashan right. and Planet. Yeah, Fashan is you know Fashan is huge. Um, you know, we, there's there's been little th things here and there, but we haven't had like a band really yeah. break out and be like everyone knows this band and sort of then then that band sort of pulls everyone else out and. We haven't had that yet. I think one day we're going to, but. Who are some uh, artists or bands that you like that are local that maybe people haven't heard of? Uh, I, I like everything Mike Adamay does, who's 
um, uh, you know, he is in Fierce Creatures. He is, uh, uh, he's been in several bands now. I don't, I forget what band he's in now, what they're called. Uh, I don't think he's been in the 1800s, but a band called 1800s that I really like. Uh, I really like this hardcore band called Farouk. It's like one of my favorite bands in town, but you know, not many people like hardcore. I mean, I'm not a huge hardcore fan, but I, I like the hardcore is very good for about 20 minutes. It's and then mm-hmm. and then you put it away. But I, I I love those guys and they're really cool guys. And whenever they would play, I would always try to make a point to to go see them. I, I like Josh's band. It'll go back. They're just a classic punk band. Um. It just I am I, um, I, I just like everything I, I miss that's another thing I miss a lot is the new is going to see bands play even though I'm getting older and I don't got as much but I still you know any chance I get especially if somebody is playing at Tioga it's just sort of a perfect mix of seeing local music and having craft beers yeah. and nothing better than that so I'm looking forward to hopefully this summer maybe yeah coming back how do you think Strummers is doing? Uh, I'm worried about, yeah, I don't know their ownership setup, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I hope we don't lose Strummers because we've, we, it looks like, I don't know what's going to happen with the rainbow ballroom, but uh, if we lose that, that's a huge loss for touring acts. Uh, If the tower theater doesn't work out and if that church takes over tower theater, that's going to be a huge loss. So uh, the, the venues, we're, you know, we're going to be, we're, we're hurting for venue sizes anyway. So if, but if we lose two more and then if I don't, if strummers and hopefully Fulton 55 and strummers can uh, survive this and, and come out because I, oh God, I hate to lose Fulton 55 and strummers too. I've just loved the, the, you know, uh, amazing like action people are taking. Uh, about the Fulton or not Fulton about the tower theater, um, yeah. you know, and just like all the, the protests and the stuff has just been, it's just been so cool to see people fighting for that. And, you know, I, I, I just, if, if you're that church right now, why in the world would you want to continue with that? I don't given, know. Given like, the amount of like pushback. Yeah. That's what I've been thinking. Like this has to like, as my whole thought process is just to completely annoy them so much that they're just like, why are we spending six and a half million dollars to do this? It's that's just, just what's so bizarre to me is like they have access to this much money and they're choosing to go into a spot where nobody wants them except for their church wants them to be. So I, I it's just kind of confusing to me other than the fact that maybe they're just like, uh, we're going to change the tower district because there's so many sinners around here. We're just going to we're going to uh, make our own footprint in the tower. And uh, that's, I, hopefully that's, that's a lot why the people are uh, stopping it, trying to uh, stop it so much because I, that's what worries me is if they get in there, it's, it's over there. You're not going to get them out. If they're able to change um, all the uh, zoning laws so that they can operate there and, and then it's just going to kill everything around it. And uh, that's really the, that's the biggest, it's, it's less about, I mean, it is still some of about what the church represents, but it's more about like how it's going to change the neighborhood for for 
for worse and you're not going to be able to get back. I mean, I realistically. Yeah. And it's there, there are four square, um, which is a denomination that comes from LA that, um, was, is, is famous for like buying up property and mm. that being part of its uh, kind of vision of like how it rolls itself out. And as far as I know, because I know some Foursquare people, when, the, when a church buys property, it's not really the church buying it, it's the uh, like denomination buying it. And so that's probably how they have access to all that resource, all those resources because Mm -hmm. they've got some big group behind them. But then that makes it even creepier because it's some, (laughs) some group from somewhere else trying to buy up like cultural, culturally important uh, real estate. Yeah. It's not even a Fresno group that they're just, they're just a church group that just likes (laughs) acquiring things. And, and I, and I know that lot is like besides that whole theater building, I believe that Sequoia's uh, the brew pub is also part of it. And oh, really? So, yeah, the, it's it's that it's considered the same lot. So I believe that would mean it's they the tower that tech group owns that built that Sequoia building. And so they're just going to own a the, block, basically, almost. Yeah. Jeez. And and a, a block of entertainment and you know alcohol and and all that and then uh, oh god it would be terrible if this, yeah hopefully well, it I, doesn't happen <laughs> I, I mean i can't even imagine like if you're the pastor of that church like thinking oh well this will go well if i follow through with this i mean i, I, I don't know who knows i don't think it's see the, from the stuff i've been watching from him he doesn't seem like he i don't think he totally gets gets it like he doesn't he's just kind of like I don't think it doesn't seem like to me, like he thought it out very well. He's just like, well, what's he's kind of like, why is everyone all up in arms? And it's like, if you don't know why people are up in arms, either you're lying or you're just really hasn't thought about what you're doing. And you don't know the neighborhood then, you know, if that's why, if you, if you, if you don't know why people are up in arms, you don't understand the place where you're moving. And so why would you move there? Exactly. That's what's confusing to me. It's like, if you don't get that, then like you shouldn't be in the neighborhood because you should exactly. want to learn about the place you're moving to and the, you know, the thing that you're taking over. But anyway, let's talk about, let's talk about blogging. Why do you blog? Why? I mean, <laughs> I thought blogs died a long time ago. Uh, I, it, 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 you know, have, podcasts have replaced blogs, but there's still a few people blogging and you're one of yeah, them. I know. Why do you do I, I asked I, I asked myself that question probably every day. Um, I just like it. I, I mean, I enjoy the create the creative outlet of it, and um, I enjoy writing and coming up with posts that are at least hopefully interest you know fun for me to write, and then hopefully interesting for somebody to read. And I've you know been doing it since blogging existed as a somebody named it blogging and. I've yet to make $1 from it. So I'm obviously doing something wrong. Like anybody that's been blogging as long as I have should have figured out some way to get a paycheck at this point. But uh, that's, that's um, what Substack is for, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah I have a couple of Substacks now just because that's the cool thing to do right now. But uh, I still don't have a paid one. I'm, I might come up with one. I have one idea for one, but so, but it's just, it's just, uh, it's just a love for writing and a love for the genre of blogging. And I almost, 
enjoy it more that there's barely anyone doing it. <laughs> like I'm, I guess I'm contrarian or something because I, the the less people that blog, the more I'm like, like yeah, I like blogging. So I'm just, I don't know. I like things that are underrated. Speaking of overrated, underrated, underrated blogging, underrated. Yes. Well, there's, there's like, like you said, there's, you know, there's not a lot of you left. And so the ones that are left are the ones that are good ultimately. And so it's, it's kind of like the, you know, the stuff has been skimmed off the top and we're left with the cream. And, you know, there's a few blogs that, you know, have existed since they were cool in the mid two thousands and late 2000, you know, close to 2010. And I, I still follow them religiously. And I, you know, I think, someone who has a voice that you care about, it doesn't matter what medium they deliver it. You'll, you'll, you'll go to wherever they are. And so, and I think blogs are cool too, because um, since everyone has, you know, this is a little meta here, but since everyone has a podcast and, you know, thinks that their voice matters, you know, it's, you know, it's a lot easier to sit here and talk. It's a lot harder Mm -hmm. to to write out a thoughtful post. And so I think maybe, maybe, well, the pendulum will swing back to, you know, we'll, we'll get oversaturated with podcasts and we'll swing back to <laughs> wanting to read something, but maybe it's also people just don't want to read anymore. I don't, I don't know what it is. Yeah. I mean, that, that could be part of it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm just an old, I, I, that's what I worry about is like, I'm very old school on almost everything. And it seems like no one else is like, I still get the, I don't get the paper daily, but I get the Sunday paper. I enjoy reading the actual physical paper. Mm-hmm. I enjoy reading the having things in my hand and everything and and that sort of just is sort of gone and I'm like well I guess I don't know records came back and are big and came back and somehow so it's like I guess everything can come back. So maybe blogs can come back. Yeah, I mean I don't think that there's, you know, obviously there's the benefit of like, you know, if it's easier to distribute it it's it can be more cost effective if you don't have paper, but I think, I think it's a pendulum. I think it's always a pendulum. I don't, I don't see it as like a, a linear path towards, you know, I'm just going to get the computer like, or, or get my computer in my brain. And then the articles are going to go straight to my brain. Like right. I don't see that, you know, I, I think we'll just kind of swing back and forth. Um, I want to close by talking about Fresno writers and Fresno books and uh, things that you read since we're talking about reading and books, the the things that, I guess old curmudgeonly people do um, <laughs> reading. Uh, so, given that uh, your blog is called the Fresnan, um, you know I think Fresno writers. Fresno has a very underrated writing scene, uh, literary scene, poetry scene, um, all 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 across. And I I I would love if you would share some of your. Uh, either favorite writers from Fresno or their books or favorite books about Fresno or even favorite journalists that you really mm-hmm. enjoy reading in the paper or, uh, mm-hmm. or whose, whose work is just on the internet. You know, there's so many interesting uh, people doing interesting uh, writing. Around. Yeah. It's curious. The, the, the one local book uh, that I have read a couple times is called murder in the garden. It's by Scott Morrison. I think he's written two of them. I haven't written, I haven't read the second one. But it's just about these old crime stories from basically like the 30s and 40s kind of era Fresno. And I really enjoy that book because uh, it kind of gives you a glimpse into what Fresno was like and uh, a little bit as, as it's telling these, 
these uh, stories of <laughs> guys, murderous guys. Like, it's funny how it's like you think of uh, this era as like, oh, this is the era of everyone shooting each other and all this bad stuff. And they were doing it in the 30s and 40s too. It was just in a, <laughs> a different way. But yeah, Murder in the Garden is good. I mean, obviously, uh, William Soroyan, everyone needs to at least have a base knowledge of where should Soroyan. people start with him that's that's something that I, I don't know i'm not a very good expert uh but what what do you like of him the just the i think that somebody that grew up in fresno that uh everybody like if you're in a you know people that are he's like a, the writer's writer and it's kind of like when people like talk about bands that are uh, musician bands and it seems like William Soroyan's that for other writers will be like, Oh, you got to check out William Soroyan stuff because right. he's up there with, with Steinbeck and all those people and, and not enough people know him, you know, right. um, uh, the, I need to like sit down and read his stuff again. I've only, you know, read stuff in passing and, and I and uh, I know the human comedy is probably the one that, that sticks out to me, but um, I, I need to get into that more. I'm, I, I've always, I'm also curious. I don't know, maybe you would know, but like, is there a market for like first edition William Sororian books? Like, I was kind of interested in like getting because I'm a collector. I'm like, maybe I should try to find some like first edition William I'm, I'm sure stuff. there is, and I'm sure you know. I, I know that uh, the Fresno Public Library did an exhibit on some of his stuff. I've um, the the book because I've read some of his plays, obviously, because that's kind of where you know a lot of people start. Um, but mm-hmm. I he has this great little and I, don't, I mean I think it was done posthumously, but this little like uh, short little book uh, called Fresno Stories, and it's just like okay. short stories that are kind of a, a great place to kind of just start if you don't know yeah. much Soroyan. Uh, what about uh, journalists or uh, other other writers in Fresno that uh, um, enjoy reading? Yeah, I, I love everybody at the B. I uh, I think uh, we got to really stay focused on supporting the B and making sure it doesn't go away. I mean, I don't think it is, but it's definitely all. It's like the past ten years. It seems like it's been in danger of going away for like ten years now. And and uh, but. I, you know, I, I love Joshua Tihi. I mean, he's my friend and fellow podcaster. So, I mean, it's sort of easy for me to say Josh, but I, I, I like Josh's stuff and um, just all, all the all the B writers. And I, I think I, I really like what Court. I, I know people don't talk about the TV people probably enough, but I like what Corin Hogger's done in town. I think he's probably our best television journalist. Um, and I, I, I think, uh, probably, we probably, we probably don't uh, pay enough respect to some of the TV journalists in town. And I think that's just sort of, just sort of uh, the kind of how we treat TV journalists is just like, oh, they're just TV guy. But uh, I think I probably don't, uh, appreciate them enough. Yeah. I kind of have a night crawler view of TV journalists a little bit, you know, like, uh, ambulance chaser, yeah. like, you know, just like showing whatever, you know, cause they always start with like the murder on Belmont and right. it's just like, well, you know, it's like, that's not the stuff you guys should be highlighting here. That should not be your, 
lead, but I understand why it's their lead because they want to scare people. But I, yeah. I, you know, I think what you're saying is that local TV news is underrated. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I will say that local TV journalism is underrated. I mean, it is what it is, but I, that's what we're always worries about me about if the Fresno B were to go away, then we're just, we're, we'll be relying on TV journalists and, and the GV wire, which is a developer's website, oh, you know, yeah. which cannot trust anything that comes out of that website. So I try not to reference it ever when I link to things and stuff, even if it's, even if it's a story I read or, or, or if, or if it's a unique story that they came up with, I'm just like, I'm not even going to support this at all because it's just, it's just too, <laughs> we have a developer that that's the boss of a, a, a quote unquote news website. It's like, you cannot trust one thing coming out of it. Yeah. That'd be funny to do some kind of analysis of, uh, of, uh, <laughs> Of, of those articles and try to you know right. unpack them what do we got going on here they're like they're, they're saying yeah, right. development's good for the city budget oh really <laughs> oh okay um, so uh to close where can we uh find your stuff uh your blog and then uh this would be a great time to pitch your sub stacks <laughs> the fresden.com is my blog that's sort of it's it's taken on different forms through the years but that's what it is right now and um, I still don't post to it enough, even though I love it and talk about it all the time. It's still, I, I, I under post, but, and then I've got a new, uh, cause everyone's got it. If you're a blog, the blogging scene is moved over to Substack. So you gotta have a Substack now. So Fresno, Fresno.substack.com is the, the newsletter, which I missed posting to this week because of the, whole election week and there was so much going on this week i'm just like i'm gonna i'm gonna take the the week off from posting this and i'll get back to it next week but and then uh flowing with famous the podcast the local fresno podcast i do with josh which is fresno's first podcast not it, josh and i didn't start it but it was the first podcast in fresno and uh we we took the reins of it one day when it was no one was using it so well, I mean, that was one of the first podcasts that I found when I moved here. I was like, oh, well, I wonder what uh, what people are up to. And that was one of the first ones that popped up. So it's, uh, it is the OG. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, one day I hope to have uh, Jarrah and Reed and, and Malcolm to come on because they were the ones that started it and and sort of reminisce or something. But there, and, and Flungo Famous is what started me in the podcast. One of the, main catalyst for me to start podcasting was was then because i remember i think it was 2004 and they're like uh they're like hey like so we need some friends podcast friends would somebody do a podcast because we're the only ones podcasting and and i was like okay i'll do it because i was so frustrated with the local radio shows that weren't talking about local stuff enough like you all these radio shows that were talk about national news that everybody talks about. I'm just like, Oh my God, this is so boring. But like once in a while they would hit on a local thing and like it would get everyone excited. And then, and just like we've been talking about this past hour, things like that. And, and, and I'm just like, why don't you keep doing that? And, and they wouldn't. So that's, it was like the combination of, of Jerem flowing with famous going somebody podcast and, and that frustration of people not talking about 
local stuff enough i'm just like all right i'll just start my own podcast and that was dorktown but then uh um dorktown's on the shelf right now so it's been all flowing with famous and then uh i have a beer podcast called um uh the perfect pour which uh has where there's a lot of local talk in that one as well as if you're into the beer scene anyway Awesome. Well, Mikey, it's been fun. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you, Jordan. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, we need and would love your support, either through a financial contribution on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Fresno's Best, or by giving us a rating and review. Both of those go a long way to helping this podcast be sustainable. So do it. See you next time.